Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Podcast. I am Jason. And I am John. And we are here yet again to talk about Omaha hockey. We are. We had a big series up at St. Cloud State, the number one team in the country. And kind of a swing. I I think we should start with Friday's game and try to get through it as much as we can, as fast as we can. <laughs> um, I was not looking forward to Saturday after Friday's game. No, we really ran into a buzzsaw uh, during yeah. that Friday game. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the NCAA tournament game they played against Minnesota last season. Um, it was a game where, I don't know, I just felt, you know, early on in that game that UNO wasn't going to have really many opportunities, if any opportunities. And I, I just, I, I kind of knew out the gate, and I don't know if you felt this way, that we were not going to have a chance to win that game. Yeah, Seville played really good for what the score ends up being. I think um, he didn't have a lot of help. There was a lot of high danger opportunities. And, and that was something that that's on the defense, you know, like they've got to do. And I say the defense, like the forwards included in that defensive system of, you know, you've got to kind of limit those, those things down. You want, I don't mind lots of shots if they're coming from the side and from low danger areas and, you know, we just, we weren't able, we, we let them into the middle. We put them in the house. We had traffic in front that we couldn't clear out. I mean, it was just problem after problem. And, you know, the announcer said it, and, and I agree that it's probably one of the better games that I've seen St. Cloud play. And we've talked about it before with UNO when we play like, like the series against Miami as an example, right? Like we should beat Miami. We shouldn't split with them. We should just go out there and wallop them six to one, right? But for some reason, UNO's MO for a long time has been when we play a team that we should beat, sometimes we struggle. We get a, you know, maybe a little lazy or um, just not sharp play and stuff. And, and St. Cloud was not that team. They, they said, we're supposed to beat Omaha. They're a good team. We're going to come out and we're going to have to play a good game. And they came out and played a good game. Yeah. And like you said, we weren't sharp. And there have been some games where that happens. Now, you would think with a team like St. Cloud, much in the way that we seem to really get up for the North Dakota series that we play every year, that we would have really been up for this. And I know we were missing some players. That's going to have an effect on your team. But I, that's, I really didn't feel like that was the problem. I felt like we had the guys to skate with St. Cloud. Sometimes with this team, you know, we know they're well-prepared. We know they're well-coached. But sometimes they just don't have that killer instinct. And, and maybe it's a misperception on my part, but I really feel like there are times when we just don't have the juice going into these games. There were a lot of interesting dynamics going on here, Jason. Maybe that kind of goes to why we saw the team play better in the third than we did in the first and second. I mean, you knew we were going to struggle when we only put, what, three shots on in the first and like four in the second. I mean, you you can't finish two periods of hockey with 10 shots and expect to win the game against anyone, let alone the top team in the country. Exactly. We do get a goal very late on the power play. Thoughts on kind of how that developed and and bit the, the ending of the shutout bid? Uh, it was great to see Cameron Berg, the freshman, get the goal on that. I thought we were going to get shut out during that game. So it was a great opportunity to uh, to spoil Rennick's shutout. What'd you think of that goal? You know, Cameron finds that soft spot. And that's the big thing on that goal is in the first two periods, we didn't run into open space. We kind of ran straight at, at St. Cloud. Um, and then in the third, we started finding that, that soft zone area. Um, the way St. Cloud plays that there's a lot of space short. Um, and you've got to be ready. You've got to have quick movement, you know, be decisive and get the puck to the net uh, to capitalize on those types of things, which is, is why teams struggle against 
St. Cloud. So, you know, for us to kind of find that area and be ready for that kind of play, it was, it was good to see. And, and I think that it really helps to leave that game on that note and say, Hey, you know, we're, we started to figure this out. We had a better third period. Let's take that into the next game. We got our goal. We got that monkey off our back. Yeah. It was nice to get a positive bit of momentum. And, and as you pointed out, when we were texting during the game, uh, Tyler Weiss uh, was one of the bright spots in that Friday night game for sure. Yeah, he was really the only one I noticed, you know, and not to say that anyone was playing particularly bad, but, you know, a lot of the, the names that we would normally, you know, holler out, Taylor Ward, for an example, just struggled a lot. And and I think that that was just St. Cloud kind of keying up on him and him not being, you know, ready to kind of adapt his game and find a, you know, a different way to, to be productive. Exactly. So we go into Saturday, Saturday night's game, and we're not exactly sure uh, what's a thing. I was hoping at that point that the team had kind of gotten its sea legs a little bit. Certainly the injuries were still a bit of an issue, but uh, Austin Roden, who we saw come in on the third period on Friday night in relief of uh, Isaiah Seville, who we heard got dinged up, is in net for UNO, uh, and he had a great game. He did. You know, I was a little concern going in like partly is is what's up with Seville is he going to be okay is this a, I didn't see anything in the game that would suggest it was a long-term thing so it was kind of like hopefully it's not too bad right but you know we've talked about it before like Roden's a very capable backup and UNO has two really good goaltenders in those two um, after that first goal by St. Cloud, I was kind of worried. I'm like oh boy here we go again right like they were moving the puck we weren't shooting again we kind of got lulled to sleep a little bit on on some things and we were passing up you know decent shots but you know we escaped with just one goal on the board so and then Krenzen gets us on the board in the power play in the second they tie it up in the second going into the third it's tied one to one anything can happen at that point again Austin Roden had had some terrific saves had kept UNO in the game and then we get a goal by Ty Mueller and that's an exciting thing to see because you love for those young players who are getting minutes early in their career to take advantage of it. You know, I like Gabnett's philosophy of every minute on the ice is earned, right? And he's saying, look, I can produce, I can play good hockey. And if he keeps it up, I don't see that he doesn't find a way to be in the lineup somewhere along the road. You know, when we get lines back together and stuff, like him and Conley seem to work pretty well. Uh, so who knows? Maybe that's a, maybe he finds a place in like a second line wing there. Great to see those young guys contributing and hopefully their contributions and their success here while some of our mainstays are out will pay dividends for them later in the season. But at the 1042 mark in the third, Jason, we go on the five minute power play. Joel Molinar of St. Cloud State takes a major penalty. I'm feeling pretty good at this point. But as Bridget pointed out, during most of this power play, it felt like UNO was playing the prevent defense to use a football term. And as we all know, the old adage about the prevent defense is that it prevents you from winning. And we seemed like we were on our heels during that entire power play. And uh, at the 1441 mark, Kevin Fitzgerald of uh, St. Cloud State gets a shorthanded goal. And I was a little bit worried at that point when they got the shorthanded goal. Yeah, it's really unfortunate that that's kind of the way it happens. Like you're on that long power play you really should focus on puck possession. The, the, the funny thing about hockey defense is like defense doesn't matter if you control the puck on a, on a power play like that. Like there's no reason why the puck should 
not be on our stick. Like everything should be tape to tape and, you know, control. Like, and we just, we never, we didn't have controlled entries. We were playing a lot of Duncan Chase, you know, their goalie plays the puck pretty well back behind the net. So you either have to wrap it around hard and have a bit of strong wing coming in or just control it. Like just go back to even as much as I hate it, like go back to the dump in like, or the back dump in where you like push the play back, get them on the line, push it back to, you know, Weiss or someone else that's got some good hands and let them come full speed with some flat footed guys. Like that kind of system, I, I'm not a big fan of it. And I know a lot of people use it. Chat, go whatever. But it like in this kind of situation, it works because it keeps you in control and it gives you a controlled entry. And once you're in, then set it up. But we just didn't. Like it was a lot of weird passes. Like, why would you even make that pass? And you just knew, like, those are the types of things, like you make one wrong step on that and the guy's going to get in and credit to him. He finished and tied the game shorthanded. And at that point, it's two to two. I was just hoping to uh, escape regulation with a tie at that point. We did. We go to overtime. And for the fans listening, uh, you know, a win in the three on three overtime is a win as far as the NCAA record books. But as far as the pairwise ranking goes, it counts as like 55% of the win if you win in that three on three overtime and you get an extra conference point. So you get two conference points and your opponent gets one conference point. So it's an important period where we're going into that. We've had success in three on three overtimes this season. Taylor Ward, Mr. Clutch gets it done for us and gets us the three to two win in overtime. I thought it was great. That was a, that was a great way to salvage the series, salvage that game, get two crucial conference points. They got it to Ward and, you know, he made sure that coming in on that off that wing into the middle, like bury it. That's, that's a bread and butter. Like you've got to score as a, as a goal scorer. If you want to be a goal scorer, like you've got to be high percentage from that. So the Mavs salvage the split on the series, get the three, two in and overtime, a great outcome from this series going on your first road series against the number one team in the country. That's a pretty good result. So we got to talk about our players of the series, our players of the weekend. Uh, I'll go first, which Jason cringes at. Cause he's like, John is going to take, <laughs> John's going to take all the right. pick. And I am, I've been doing it all season long. Flatter pick, taking, come on. I'm taking Austin Roden. His 43 saves on Saturday night were huge. And uh, he's a guy, again, we talk about this on the podcast often. When you're a backup goaltender on UNO at this stage of the game, with Isaiah Spill on the roster, it's hard for you to get minutes. And Austin Roden's the kind of guy who could be starting for a lot of college teams around the country. When he played for the Merritt Centennials and the BCHL, um, I did a write-up on him when he was a recruit. And uh, the Merritt Centennials weren't a great team at that time, but he was good. He stepped up and took advantage of this opportunity for UNO. And uh, I'm just thankful he was able to step in in relief and, uh, and get the job done. So uh, Austin Roden is my player of the week. I'm going to follow my daughter's lead. I'm going to take Weiss. In my book, like he was our best player Friday night in the loss. And I don't know that he was our best player Saturday, but he's one of our best players. And when you can say, hey, when we're taking a thrashing and, you know, I'm tops on the team. And then, you know, when we're playing better, I'm still tops on the team. Like that's the sign of a, a good, a good talented guy. Um, we need his playmaking ability. We need him to create opportunities for the other guys. And um, so it's good to see him do that. 
Absolutely. And the one thing that I would say about him, game in, game out, regardless of how things are going, he plays with a lot of emotion and a lot of energy. And that's really important for this team sometimes. And certainly that was important this weekend. So a great pick, Jason. I gave Jason the difficult pick again, and I'm probably just going to keep doing that all season long. So, uh, so there you go, Jason. All right. So now we're going to move on to our shootout segment where brevity is key, but Jason and I are not about brevity at all. So <laughs> Bridget and Jolene were, when they did the podcast, they stayed on message. Jason and I get a little long-winded because we like to talk about this team and talk about this program. Well, we had a big announcement this week. UNO hired a new athletic director, kind of a surprise to all of us. I think I was of the impression that they were going to stick with Mike Kemp as interim through the fall and winter sports season and then maybe approach this in spring. But UNO threw a curve for us and they hired Adrian Dowell from Creighton University. And I wrote down his title here because these titles for athletic administrators get longer every year, Jason. So he was the assistant vice president, associate athletic director at Creighton University. And now he is the vice chancellor of athletics at UNO. And I got to tell you, I miss the days when the athletic director's title was athletic director or director of athletic directors. And then there were assistant athletic directors and associate athletic directors. We work in the career services. My wife has been a resume writer for a quarter of a century now. And I've got to say these titles probably drive her nuts on resumes and LinkedIn profiles because they get longer every year. But Adrian comes to UNO, uh, seems like a really good guy, um, did a little bit of research. There was a press conference. Uh, uh, what did you think of this hire, Jason? We talked a little bit about the athletic director situation earlier in the season. Uh, we didn't have a lot of information. What did you think? Uh I was surprised like you, like I didn't, I didn't know when they would make a decision and, and there really wasn't a whole lot of leaked information. I think a lot of that just comes to the lack of coverage for UNO compared to Creighton and Lincoln and, and that, but um, it was kind of surprising. I think that the more, like after it happened, the more I read about it, the more I'm like, yeah, it makes sense that they did it now. Like, I don't think he's, the hockey guy, right? We don't need necessarily a hockey guy. The hockey program's been the emphasis and focus of this school for for quite a while. And and so when you look at that, I think you know bringing in someone who's going to put you know maybe some emphasis on uh, volleyball and basketball, um, and and maybe to some extent uh, baseball. You know now with the new stadiums, baseball and softball with the new stadiums. Um, even soccer and say, hey, maybe we can be an institution that's a regular in the NCAA tournament in soccer and um, have some success there, men's and women's, or even like swimming and diving. You know, I've heard a bunch of rumors about with the swim trials in Omaha um, and the success that the swim trials have had, like maybe, you know, someone needs to really focus on it. And maybe UNO becomes, if you're going to do swimming and diving in, in Nebraska, that's where you go. Is you go to Omaha, you don't go to Lincoln. I don't know if that's what his focus is going to be, but it's like reading about his history and what he's done and his background and stuff. It makes me think that that's kind of where they're going to put that emphasis and, you know, getting him now, uh, I think really gives him an opportunity to kind of get his feet wet and then hit the ground running, you know, before those seasons really ramp up recruiting and stuff for next fall. Yeah. And I think you're right. In the sports that you mentioned, I think that there's an untapped revenue potential opportunity with sports like men's basketball, baseball volleyball those are sports that have 
proven fan bases and have proven to be popular over the years here in Nebraska. Obviously, being a football state, that's kind of the king. But those sports, uh, you look at Creighton basketball, you look at Husker basketball, and you look certainly at Husker volleyball. You look at how popular those sports are, but you look at the facilities that they're able to play in due to hockey. Um, you look at that beautiful baseball complex, uh, Maverick Park, Tal Anderson Field, uh, Connie Clawson Field. Again, I don't know if the Summit League is the mid-major conference for them long-term. And so one of the things for an athletic director coming in is, is he's going to have to look at, at starting to kind of build the framework and raise the kind of funds to potentially move them to a mid-major conference that will allow them to secure at-large bids, uh, for example, in the uh, men's NCAA basketball tournament. And that might be moving to a conference that uh, Omahans are familiar with, like the Missouri Valley, which Creighton used to play in. And the thing that I'll say about Adrian Dowell is if you look at his experience, he worked at a Power 5 institution in West Virginia uh, doing fundraising, and then he's been with Creighton the last uh, seven, eight years doing the same thing. And so you have to have somebody who understands the money people in Omaha, understands the sports mafia in Omaha, and certainly working for Creighton University with that basketball program, uh, you're, definitely, uh, you're, you're definitely in the know of the who's who. And uh, I will say this too, that a lot of Creighton basketball fans I know uh, had a lot of positive things to say about him. A young guy in his 30s, but I think that's good for you. You know, you, know, you brought up in the first episode when we were talking about whether we should maintain the status quo and go with Mike Kemp for a few years and then bring, it, and then bring in somebody younger or go with a younger guy who had a fresher approach, more energy, trying to prove himself in his career. You had said we should go with a younger guy. And I kind of agree with that. I think it's good to have kind of a fresh start. You know, Trev Alberts cast a long shadow, a lot of success. But I'll tell you, looking back the last 25 years at athletic directors that have come into this program, Adrian Dowell, I mean, he's really got the best resume of any of them, having worked with two big Division I institutions that have uh, really successful sports programs. I think that that's what UNO needs, and I, uh, I, I think he'll be great. And no, he's not a hockey guy, but neither was Trev Alberts, and you look at all the wonderful things he did for hockey. So uh, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Uh, and uh, I know we'll be talking about uh, uh, Mr. Dow more as uh, the season progresses, but an exciting time for UNO for sure. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, what will be interesting for me, I think, is more of more than what he will do for for Nebraska hockey. Is I'm excited to see what his vision is for athletics as a whole because I think that's really where he's going to excel, and hockey's just going to you know feed off of the other success of the other programs. Agreed. A lot of untapped potential there with the other sports uh, in the UNO athletic department. So a lot of opportunities for him uh, to do some great things. So our second topic of our shootout segments, we've been doing marketing ideas all month long to try to fill Baxter Arena. So this kind of ties in well with the uh, talk about the athletic director, our marketing idea of the week. You weren't on last week, but uh, Bridget referenced your first idea, which was a family four-pack. What's your idea this week, Jason? I have no idea going in any week what our ideas are. So what's your idea to help Phil Baxter Arena get fans in the stands supporting this team? You know, I'm going to go, I'm going to stick with this theme. You know, with the new AD, we talked about the, the other programs coming to prominence and, you know, NCAA tournaments for soccer or for baseball or for any of that stuff. I'd like to see a better connection with the other sports. Uh, I, I remember uh, Denver, if you bought 
any season ticket package. Like if you bought men's soccer, women's soccer, women's volleyball, swimming, diving, it doesn't matter. Like if you bought season tickets to any other sport, um, you got a discount or you got something special um, at you at Denver hockey, right? And I think that UNO can do the same thing and say like, look, we want to help fill everything, right? There's people who have season tickets to basketball who maybe have never seen a hockey game and don't know, you know, anything about hockey, right? So, you know, maybe as part of, uh, to get them involved and get them to realize like what the other sports are and do it with hockey the other way of say like, you know, the first NCHC game, is going to be the crossover game where everyone who has a season ticket to basketball or volleyball um, or baseball or softball or soccer, like you just, you get one ticket for each seat at Baxter Arena for that game. And we're just going to like, it's part of your season ticket package for, let's just use men's basketball as an example, right? So you buy your men's basketball tickets, you get all your tickets to all of those games and you get one ticket to that one game at UNO where you know, hopefully like a big game like that, where it's the start of the NCHC series or something like just pack the house and maybe next year you can sell them on a partial season ticket or a full season ticket to hockey as well. I think that'd be good because I think a lot of people, you know, I've gone to not a, a big basketball fan, but I've gone to basketball games. Um, and I'm like, you know, I, maybe I could like, it's a fun environment, right? I think that's a great idea. And I will say as somebody who was a season ticket holder for basketball, the first two years that we were there and who, who loves the sport because it's a lot of fun to go to those basketball games and I love collegiate basketball and I think that that's a wonderful idea to have some of that cross-pollination between sports and we've talked about this before it would be great to have season ticket packages that include other sports at a discount so that you could get people going and supporting multiple sports at UNO, much in the way that uh, Husker Athletics does it down in Lincoln. You know, a lot of the people who go to the basketball games or go to the volleyball games are fans of that football program. So I think that that's a wonderful idea. My idea is a little bit unconventional, but it's, a, it's an idea to pack it. Uh, as you know, Jason, you are the parents of youth hockey players. And during the season, we'll see youth hockey players at the games. We'll see them running around in their jerseys. Sometimes we'll see them out on the ice playing during intermission. We've seen them this season out there um, shoveling the ice during breaks in play. That seems to be a new thing in the NCHC this season. I would love to see one youth hockey night being one big kind of blowout, get every youth hockey player and youth hockey parents in Omaha that you can to a game. And I know that it's hard with the youth hockey season, so I don't know if it happened to happen really early in the season or if it would happen maybe late in the season after the youth hockey season is kind of wound down. I know it's hard because they're concurrent. Maybe it's at the holidays, but I would love one game where you just get every kid in there in their jerseys. You have maybe some sort of presentation on the ice where all the kids are out there, just something to kind of showcase hockey at the youth level in Omaha and just pack the thing with people who, who should be your bread and butter and your target audience for this sport and get them to a game. This was just an idea that came up to me and I hadn't done it yet, but I just think it'd be cool to have everybody there at the same time rather than this youth hockey team is here this night and everything else, just a big night where all of those empty seats on the end are filled with youth hockey fans. It would be interesting to see them take a little bit more connection with those programs. Even in the, like there's the, there's the stampede tournament in Omaha every year, right? Like, and that's the kind of thing that's like, why doesn't the university sponsor an, an Omaha hockey tournament of some kind, you know, where 
at every level, they're here in Omaha with all the ice that we have to compete. Um, and then whether the teams from outside or inside, like bring them to the game on Saturday. Well, you'd have to, it'd have to be the following Saturday, I guess, you know, bring the Omaha teams and, and, you know, talk about where they placed in the tournament or something or schedule your games around it so they can be at one of the games because they're here or something like that would be a, you know, an interesting thing. Plus, you know, you get those teams from outside, right? Like people are coming in here, bringing their teams in. And I'd love to have a night where you just have throngs of kids chasing the blimp to drive everybody, everybody who sits in the arena nuts. So um, <laughs> that's, that's my idea. Your idea was great. Uh, and so great. We got our, we're, we're rolling along this month with our marketing ideas. So we've got a series coming up in Alaska. We don't travel to the state of Alaska very much anymore during our CCHA days. And Jason and I are wearing CCHA jerseys this week. This was completely unplanned, but I'm tying it in, Jason. When we were in that conference, we were, we were travel partners with Alaska Fairbanks. Uh, we played them twice a season, once in Omaha, once in Alaska. We had our struggles during those years in Alaska for some reason, even though they were a beatable team. And now we're going up to Alaska. We saw them earlier this season. I will tell you that Alaska has lost four straight coming in. What do you think about the series, Jason? It's another one of those that I think we should win both. The challenge is, is how do you handle, how does the team handle the travel up there? It's not like going up to St. Cloud where we can bus up there and bus back, right? So how do they handle that, right? Like how do they handle the di different atmosphere, um, you know, they're going to be high coming off of the St. Cloud win, beating the number one team. Are you prepared to still put in the work that you need to, to make sure that you win a game? And, and it does worry me because as we talked about earlier in the podcast, this team, for some reason, sometimes struggles against teams that they should be right? Um, I think if we lose, we lose on Friday, you know, just that adjustment period plus the coming off the high of, of beating St. Cloud, I think we'll sweep, but if we don't, I think we lose Friday. It's one of those things where you could uh, get snake bitten up there in Fairbanks and it could turn out to be a split. I'm going to call a sweep on the weekend. Uh, I think we simply have too much talent, although we do have a few guys who are dinged up. So it'll be interesting to see if some of those guys get back in the lineup. Should be an interesting series for the Mavs and uh, we'll be back to talk about it next week. So. So before we go, though, how do our listeners, fans, whatsoever, um, whatever you may be, how do they watch the games if they want to? Flowhockey.tv is where you will uh, get access to the games. If you go to the Alaska Nanooks website and click on the schedule uh, and click on the UNO games and click watch, uh, you can subscribe to those games. And again, I think you get a month, but it's it's really pricey when you just want to buy a game. So, so there you go, Jason. I'm sure we'll have a discussion about that this week. So uh, we'll look forward to seeing the fans online. We'll be on Twitter, even though it'll be late doing uh, game updates. It'll be exhausting like it was when we were in the CCHA, but that's what we do. And be sure to follow us uh, on our Facebook page as well. And you can find links to our social media channels as well as back episodes of this podcast on mavpuck.com. So until next time, Jason, go Mavs. Go Mavs.